Today's episode of Titus and Titus is brought to you by Coors Light. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash TNT. Please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are lucky enough to have a man who was at Game 5. Boots, boots on the ground, on the baby. ground journalism. And that man's name is Tate Frazier. We do not have a guest today. It is, <laughs> it is, it is once again. I was really hoping it was going to be Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> I thought that he was going to call in. But uh, Jay-Z. Hey, I can do it. Jay-Z is uh, Blue Ivy us. is going to yeah, be on the, on the phone to tell us why <laughs> she wants her dad to leave her alone. <laughs> uh, so Tate was, Tate was in San Francisco for Game 5. You're back now. Uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the atmosphere. Mm. The, uh, was was there a fuck, fuck you Draymond chant at any point in time coming from the uh, Golden State fans? <laughs> um, you know, all, all these questions that are going through my mind as someone watching this on television and not there. Uh, so Tate's going to provide the uh, boots on the ground journalism, which will basically cover Tate. Uh, we have not done a show in the since there, there have been two NBA Finals games that have been played since we last did a show. Yeah. So we have some catching up to do for all the people that listen to our show and don't actually watch these games. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, the I last jokingly, time you heard from us, we were we were basically burying the you know we were like it's Celtics time, just get over it, kids. You know we're gonna pivot I, to hockey, and here we are. The first time I uh, I made a joke about how people uh, aren't watching the finals but are listening to like what we're saying, like that we're giving people NBA finals updates. Um, it was it was very obviously a joke. It's still a joke, but I think there might actually be some people that like aren't watching it. Or, There's some validity just, maybe behind yeah. it. There's a few friends of the program that are like, you know what, I, I don't need to watch it. You guys tell me what happened. So we got a lot to talk about, like you said. We have a lot of catching up because uh, this series is once again over, but it's not over the way you might think. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to figure out who is him um, mm. because I am absolutely fascinated by this. I will continue to be fascinated by this. <laughs> Uh, who is the most valuable him? Who is the him VP, if you will? Mm. Um, yeah, we we will be breaking it down because there are a lot of candidates, Tate. Andrew Wighams, uh, Jordan Hempool, <laughs> Stephen Curry. <laughs> There's so many hymns. The entire Goldham State Warriors. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of candidates. Um, also, we got to obviously talk about how big of a fraud Jason Tatum is. And, Ooh. Uh, and whether the Celtics are hitting the panic button. Ooh. There's a ton to get to, but first... Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Out of Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate. Let's start with uh, let's start with some boots on the ground updates here. So you you go to San Francisco last night, uh, which is why we're recording this a little bit late. For those of you who uh, who. who set your calendars to, to our show we apologize but uh we, we also thank little... you though we appreciate yeah, we also do. <laughs> yeah uh sorry if you were late to work today um that's <laughs> we take full responsibility but that's not our tell fault. your boss it was these two podcasters and one <laughs> yeah. of them was trapped up in sorry, san francisco yeah. <laughs> um but yeah Tate, Tate, you're at game five uh you're back in la now what uh g- g- give me the give me the the, the scoop what, what was going on what is the vibe what uh what mm. do you have to report from mm. your boots on the ground in san francisco scoop number one fly into oakland that is the cheat code i also was staying in oakland the first night but i mean oakland's airport pretty intimate pretty nice pretty smooth pretty easy 
in and out there. So got into Oakland on Sunday. That was great. Uh, went to a little Toki Monster show and, you know, in the Bay. That was fun. Then stayed in North Beach with my uh, my college roommate, one of my good friends, Pat White. And uh, not the quarterback, Pat White. Not that Pat White. Not that Pat White, but, uh, <laughs> you know, m- my guy. So it was good to be uh, up in the Bay again. And like you said before, uh, and, you know, the last time I went up to the Bay for a finals game, it was Oracle Arena. It was in Oakland. So when I first get there, right, I land in Oakland and I drive by Oracle, right? So I see mm, the graveyard mm-hmm. of once mm-hmm. what 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 once was, you know, Oracle and uh, no signage, no nothing next to the A Stadium, which looks just as dead. Um, you know, the Raiders used to be over there. It used to be the trifecta. Now, Ghost Town. So that was the first, you know, boots on the ground journalism. Oh, my God. Oracle Arena. What once was RIP five years later. Things have changed. Mm. And I think I'm not going to say they've changed for the better, Titus. But Chase Center is pretty nice and it's pretty epic. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'll pay all the homage to Oracle. I don't think you can ever match the energy of that building, nor can you match the fans of, of Oakland. But when I got to Chase Center, one, it's in the middle of the city, right? Like, it's like there's buildings all around. You're, like, driving by, like, NASDAQ building and then, like, Black Rock. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, Rock, you know, yeah. it's, it's Chase. And, and then it's the Chase Center, right? So you're like, you're like, I thought I was in the financial district, but now I am literally where all the money is made, I guess, in this town, which is at Chase Center by the Golden State Warriors, by that ownership. As Brian Windhorst said last night after the game, this was a checkbook win, uh, Mark Titus. I don't know if you've heard that. Even though everyone said the Warriors were dead two years ago, now they have too much money, they have too much talent, and uh, they are impenetrable. Um, And when you get to the Chase Center, you realize there's like 43 entrances, um, which is amazing, right? Getting into the Chase Center was easy. Getting out, you had 50 exits, really easy. Um, but in general, I just wanted to say that I came in wanting to hate, right? I, I came in with hate in my heart yeah. as I drove past Oracle, as I, as I had the memories of 2017 and that finals victory after 2016, the redemption. And then I'm coming into the Bay. I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't want to see the, the new place. I don't, I don't think I'm going to like it. It's really nice. It's really nice. So I, I, I want to get that off my chest. I came in to hate the chase center and I left with respect for the chase center. So all that money worked, Titus. They got to me. It, it it wooed me. I was I was sufficiently wooed. You're a fan of some. money. You're no, joining I, the. So I, what you're telling me is you're joining I, the live tour, Tate. Is that is that the announcement? I would never. I would never. I would never. But I will say, the Chase Center is really nice and definitely has live implications, right? With, with how it came to be. How did how did uh? I, I saw the Windhorse was, was said something about the uh, a checkbook check win. Yeah. That was horrible. That was I thought the Warriors were were homegrown. I thought that was the appeal. Like, wasn't that the 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 fun that is thing the going appeal. into the wasn't that the fun thing going into this finals? Is those two homegrown teams that, yeah. that 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 built from the ground up, and now the Warriors are are the uh, the '90s Yankees. Is that what I'm? Am I understanding this correctly? That they're Absolutely. Just, like, throwing money in now. Andrew Wiggins has turned into a Rod. Everyone is like, I can't believe that Andrew Wiggins, the number one pick, uh, would go join the Warriors. Like they're talking about Andrew Wiggins as if he's Kevin Durant now. <laughs> They're like, yeah, he messed up the balance of competition in the NBA. Damn that Andrew Wiggins. You're like, everyone was saying this guy was a dud and they needed to trade him for Harrison Barnes and scrap pieces to start the season. And now he is, you know, 
rebounding at a clip we've never seen from him. Literally had a career high in game four. And then last night leads the team in rebounding and leads the team in scoring. And we are an Andrew Wiggins podcast, as we had noted from the start. As we had noted from the start. Of course. And and I will say that Mark Titus being in the building, it did feel like I'm a Steph Curry guy naturally. But I felt like the Wiggins energy was what we brought to that. You know what I mean? I think I you were you were with me in spirit, in mind, and in and in the body of Andrew Wiggins as he continued to deliver over and over and over again in this game. So well, shout out w- to Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins Wiggins lives in this weird uh uh <laughs> dual reality where he is simultaneously a number one pick. Like pe- people forget Tate, biggest recruit since LeBron, number yeah. one five star, um, number one pick. Yada yada yada. You remember also, the Sports Illustrated cover? Same, it was Wilt to Manning to Wiggins. That was the Kansas the, cover. So he's also he's that guy when you need him to be that guy. But then he's also like this dude that was in Minnesota that just wasn't ever assertive and was a huge disappointment. And um, we don't want to say he was a bust, but what a letdown Andrew Wiggins' career has been. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's fascinating to go back and forth. Uh, and and trying to determine what his identity actually is, because as you said, it, like when they got Wiggins, I don't remember anybody complaining about how the Warriors are now a behemoth and the Warriors are gonna. Yeah, people were, people were saying that t- trading D'Lo was a bad idea. They should have kept D'Lo. Got to yeah. keep D'Lo. But I mean, yeah, Andrew Wiggins now is, I guess, a force to be reckoned with. Even some are saying Andrew Wiggins Finals MVP. Mark Titus, that, that's uh, that was some of the noise coming out of the game last night as far as the media crowd, right? Because yeah. no one can accept the fact, and I saw it in person, so we can talk about it, but no one can accept the fact that the Warriors did not shoot well from the three-point line. Steph Curry did not play well scoring-wise, but was still able to impact and, and end up winning a game. And uh, that, I think, is why everyone uh, is so shocked right now. And that's why we're getting these these wild comments from people because they're like, I didn't think this was possible, and I I honestly think Boston didn't think it was possible, and they saw it last night. So uh, we'll uh, Crazy. we'll talk about well, no, let's talk about it now because you brought up you brought up uh, Wiggins for MVP, which is obviously not going to happen. Steph's going to win the MVP if the Warriors um, win the minus three eighty right now. Steph Curry yeah. win Finals MVP, yeah. but however, Tate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if Wiggins if Wiggins did win MVP. That, it, doesn't Wiggins have a better case for MVP than Iguodala had, at least? No, because Iguodala's case was built around the idea that LeBron was the best player in the series. It's so facto he stopped and or guarded LeBron the best that anyone has other than Kawhi in 2014. And so, therefore, he deserves the finals. Like, Kawhi won finals MVP for basically guarding LeBron, according to you know the punditry. And then 2015, same deal. And I don't think Jason Tatum deserves that much, unless you think Jason him Tatum deserves. Jason him Tatum. Tatum, double him. He's got two hymns in his name. If you think that he deserves that same treatment, then maybe you go Iggy is is the same as Wiggy. Um, but I I don't think <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think this I, is the same Iggy. I know I I would I don't I don't think Wiggins like I. It's a stupid conversation because Steph's going to win it, but I, I just like, you, you know, like once the precedent has been set that 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 the the NBA media seems desperate to give the if the Warriors anyone else title, the anybody MVP. but Steph the Finals <laughs> yeah. MVP, and you st- like honestly if Wiggins well, okay, so it would be crazy because <laughs> Steph has been so good. He didn't he wasn't great in Game Five, but as you said, he he still impacts the game. And he like, still had know, nine he, assists. He still had eighteen so, points. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't I mean, terrible, but he wasn't by any stretch of the imagination good. We're not going to say that Steph Curry had a good Game Five. 
Um, but if you look at at uh, what what Wiggins has done in this series and what Iguodala did in that series, because Iguodala didn't do anything to stop LeBron. Exactly. Like, like, that's why I was so. Th- that's funny. what's so funny about yeah. it. And like, if if you've already opened Pandora's box and given an Finals MVP to Andre Iguodala, if if Andrew Wiggins in fact did win the Finals MVP this year, I wouldn't be that shocked because I've already kind of seen something equally stupid before. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? The second time around is not that shocking. So I, I I had that thought. Like I saw I saw people jokingly talking about Andrew Wiggins potentially winning Finals MVP. And I just thought that is stupid. This is dumb. This will be fun to talk. We we have three days before the next game, so let's talk about stupid stuff. But then I was like, you know, that's not any dumber than Andre Iguodala winning it, is it? And I, I guess mean, that's the debate. Which what, what is stupider? If Andrew Wiggins won it this year or Andre Iguodala winning it in 2015? What's I, the dumbest finals? Or Marcus Smart <laughs> winning defensive player of the year this year. This yeah. Year? What's I the think, dumbest award? <laughs> I think that there should be like a vote, like a council, right? That like, uh, this is something that our, our bill would probably be into. Like a council 10 years later that meets up and decides that the awards were right. Like they go yeah. back and they're like, Kenyon Martin should have been on a, a defensive first team during his time in the NBA. Let's go back to the 2004 NBA right. first team, all defense. Let's throw Kenyon Martin in. Like, you know, let's have a little council and figure this out. But in general, I do think that nothing will be as dumb as Iguodala winning finals MVP. It was in 2015. Stupid. I mean, it was so. Bl- uh, and not only was it that insane to give it to Iguodala, it'd be one thing if Steph like actually actually shit the bed in the series, which he didn't. But Steph was the MVP of the regular season. In what world? <laughs> in what world would you have the MVP of your regular season and you not give him the Finals MVP when his team wins the title? Like, how dumb can you be? Really, truly. How dumb can you be from a marketability aspect unless you're placating one person, in this case, LeBron, which fine. I, LeBron was fine to be placated, but my goodness, how what a dumb decision overall. And you said which one is stupider. I think Iguodala would be dumber. If Wiggins won it this time, and let's say he goes game six, has 20 rebounds and 25 points, you're like, I mean, the guys guarded their best player and right. is the leading rebounder on the team. I don't know. I mean, and at that point, he would be up there for, you know, leading scorer. So. At, at least there's like an actual argument for it instead of just like this nebulous, <laughs> he guarded LeBron. He guarded <laughs> like, LeBron. Yeah. Like, that, was, that was like the quote card that came out. Like when, when they gave him the award, it was like, he did guard LeBron. It says know? it on his trophy. It says <laughs> NBA Finals MVP, Andre Iguodala, and in quotes, he guarded LeBron. <laughs> Held LeBron to 34 points per game, eight assists. <laughs> um can we talk about the uh the uh uh the vibe of the entire series beyond uh, yeah. uh who's him which uh we'll, we'll get to in a second but just uh i i, I don't think this series I, as much as i like to joke about um the series being over and the whiplash you get watching nba pundits talk about every single <laughs> game of an of a series in the playoffs um I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the warriors are gonna to win the title i mean boston is going to play game six at home um, which you have to think they're going to be favored. They're, you, I, favored I assume they're going to win. In that game. Um, it, it, it feels like like the Warriors have, um, in, in every series that I've paid attention to at least, that the Warriors seem to have a game where they just completely shit the bed because it's almost like they don't want to play well. They, they don't want to close the series out on the road. Yeah. Uh, they would rather, you know, Memphis beat them by 40-something. They, <laughs> they, they should have swept the Nuggets, but they didn't. Um, so... This kind of feels like it could be that that the the Celtics could if the Celtics have some heart to them they'll you know they're they're not just gonna 
uh, lie down and fold and, and, and let the Warriors win on their home court. Um, and then game seven, the old adage, anything can happen. You just, you, you see what happens in game seven. Like, like if the Celtics end up winning the title, I'm not going to be shocked. But I will say, Tate, it does feel like the Celtics are defeated. It feels like morale is at an all-time low. It feels like, from my perspective, doing like the uh, the the big narrative, like guy on his couch who's just watching and attaching narratives to everything he's seeing here. Uh, Steph Curry in game four just completely demoralized Boston. And Boston thought, that's okay. We're a great road team. We already beat him in San Francisco before. Game five, mm-hmm. Steph plays like ass, at least shooting the ball. Yeah. Um, the the whole team, like the Warriors, who are a team that, uh, I don't know if people are aware of this, became famous for how good of shooters they are. They became famous as a franchise for hitting a ton of threes. Couldn't hit anything. Uh, the Celtics have that stretch where they hit eight in a row, take the lead uh, in the third quarter. It feels like they might be able to steal it. They do not steal it. It, it Andrew, There's too much Andrew Wiggins. Draymond played pretty... Uh, Draymond was okay. I'm not going to get carried away and pretend like Draymond was awesome. Um, much better than he's been, though. He was not a liability. Yeah. He was definitely not a liability. And I would feel like if I was a Boston fan and if I was, I was on the team... Uh, however, you whatever my role in cheering for Boston would be, I would be very demoralized by what by what has transpired because I I would have very little faith that my boys can uh, pull it together at this point. Like they're they're the better team. I still th- I still believe that. I still believe the Celtics are the better team. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot. They turn the ball over like crazy. They 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 miss yeah. like they're they're basically just a make shots team. And when threes are falling, they the juice is flowing. They're feeling great. They lock up more on defense. Like yeah. everything is. You know what I mean. It- yeah, I mean, we were joking about uh, off the air about like the Warriors' three point shot as their home run. I mean, in the in a sense, like the Celtics' home run, right, is like them actually hitting threes because then they they turn it up on defense. Marcus Smart, you know, starts doing Marcus Smart things, yeah. quote unquote, whatever that means, uh, and and it just kind of rolls from there. But I think you're 100 percent right. We cannot forget, lest we forget, the defending champions won Game Five in Boston. And went back home to Milwaukee and had a series basically in their hands. And yes, Chris Middleton was not playing, but I don't care. At that point, he had not been playing. And Giannis had them in the driver's seat going back to Milwaukee. Bucks and Uh six. The Uh whole thing was scripted out perfectly. And these... These Boston Celtics, the same team that's in the NBA Finals. These same sons of bitches. These same kids. These same guys. (laughs) I I think they might be guys now. Um... They turned it up, and Jason Tatum had, what, 44 points or something, 43 points, whatever it was, Uh 46 points uh, in Milwaukee and gets it back, and they win Game 7. So I personally left this game, and I think a lot of Warriors fans coming out the building, yes, they were excited because, like, there's a lot of Charles Barkley Warriors fans, you know what I mean? Like the ones that he hates where they're just like, we did it, we won, you know? But uh, being in the seats that I was in in the upper level, there were some really cool people up there, like some diehard, you can tell, OG Warriors fans, right? And the way that they reacted to the win was, we got to win in Boston, right? They were all saying, we got to win in Boston. We don't want to come back. It, yeah. you know, like, God forbid we have to come back. We have to, we have to kill them while they're down. You know, we have to get this done. We have to get there and hope to God that ga- Game 6 clay that everyone, you know, mm-hmm. wants to talk about actually exists. I don't really... At one point, the the Charles Barkley Warriors fans were chanting Game 5, Clay, and then a cool Warriors fan was like, that doesn't exist, and yelled it at him. You know what I mean? There's some <laughs> riffs. There's like some riffs that were happening just like so within uh, the culture there. But I, I, I think you're 100% right. Do not count out the Celtics because 
this team has been dead before. They've been dead to rights. And a hurt animal is you don't know what to expect. And the Boston Celtics are going to get the whistle of all whistles that we've never seen before in game six. I really No, will. that can't be right. That can't be right because the Celtics, the Celtics, the, the NBA is rigged against the Celtics. <laughs> Uh, the NBA is famously rigged against one of the most storied franchises in the history of their league. They they are, but they're only rigged when the Celtics lose. <laughs> I do think then, that all of the referees stuff, and I and I will say Jordan Poole, our guy. We'll talk about him in our in the him rankings. But Jordan Poole live, it looked like Marcus Smart hit him in the face, right? Like in the building. Yeah, I I was literally. There, you know, little 14-year-old Jason Tatum's in front of me, and I'm yelling, learn how to play the game. Play the game, 36. You know what I mean? Learn how to play the wait, actual wait, game. Wait, what 14-year-old Jason Tatum is sitting in front of me, and, I, and I'm and i yelling at Marcus Smart, and then he's turning around, and he's like, Marcus Smart didn't touch him. And then they show the replay, and I'm like, damn it, Jordan Poole. Like, why did, why did you drag me into this? You know, oh, I was like a like, fan. He, oh, dude, I, when you said four, I, I thought you meant like Jason. Oh, the I, actual I was, Jason Tatum. Like the no, actual, no, there was yeah. a 14-year-old Jason Tatum fan sitting tracking. in front of me who was, okay. who was, who was, who was uh, sorry, this is all visual in my head as I was like, replaying it in my mind. But uh, Marcus Smart in that moment, I will say that was when I thought, okay, in Boston, they're going to get a whistle unlike any other whistle because the Warriors were doing some of their tricks against them. You know what I mean? It was a little bit of Houdini going on where like there was some flopping things where you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what we do. And Boston is going to take that to the nth degree at home. You know what I mean? So I, I, I you know, that's what makes me think I, we're going to get a game seven. I thought you meant there was like some kid in a Kobe jersey in front of you, some fourteen-year-old in Kobe Honestly, jersey. I thought that's what. I wouldn't be shocked if this kid had a Kobe jersey underneath his Jason Tatum jersey. Why uh, doesn't? Here's a question: Why doesn't Jason Tatum just text Kobe again before Game Six? Good point. That's that good would question. just solve everything. Just text him again, um, get the juice back, and away we go. And and, mm -hmm. and the Celtics are fine. Um, I. I, I I think like the 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 Celtics are I I, I said it earlier and I, I do believe it I do think the Celtics are still the better team which sounds preposterous given the the way this series is headed um, agreed and 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 the vibe that it's taken but uh the the every single game I felt like the Warriors have won it does feel like the Celtics have not necessarily handed it to them it's not like the but but it's like. I, I still stand by what I said earlier in the series, which is that like when the Celtics score, it looks so much easier than when the Warriors are scoring. And that changed a little bit in game five, especially like at the start of game five. Um, but the Celtics are so much more athletic. They're so much bigger. They're so much younger. They're so much, uh, they, they're so much deeper. Like the, 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 the guys that they like at, when Al Horford starts hitting threes, you're like, that's right. I forgot that Al Horford is, you know, when Al Horford's wide open, it's money. This guy doesn't miss. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you have to cross your fingers that he's going to brick wide open ones, but he, he doesn't seem to do that in these playoffs. Um, I, I But they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. Jalen Brown can't dribble. Uh, Marcus Smart is, like, outside of his mind. J Jason Tatum is just, like, I don't know. It's been fun, like, kind of it's been fun watching again, the whiplash of Jason Tatum has a good game. Is he one of the best players in the league? Is he an MVP candidate? Is he going to win the MVP next year? And then he plays like ass and like, I'm cackling laughing that anyone thinks that this man is going to win MVP next year. Uh, going back and forth has been funny, but like in all seriousness, he's, he's obviously very, very good, but there's like, just there's so many stretches where he's just so clunky with like making his moves. And it feels like preordained almost like he catches the ball and he's going to go do, I'm going to do, I'm going to hit him with the spin move on this move, or I'm going to, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's, there, there's just like a, cause a it is, 
yeah, there's not like the smoothness to him that you want, but at the same time, when those moves hit, you're like, this dude is smooth. When he hits his sidestep three where he takes four steps and and mm-hmm. all the Duke fans will tell you that's a gather step and we need the gather step in the college game because Jason Tatum is proof that, that this would be a great addition to the college game. Um, when he's hitting those shots, you're like, this guy's awesome. But then he he gets those stretches where it's just like, like like he had four what was it four air balls in the second half yeah um and I guess that that's what like every time that with maybe the exception of game four because Steph was just otherworldly Steph was hitting everything and just had so many awesome moments but it feels like every time the Celtics are losing I am walking away like thinking about the Celtics like I, I'm just kind of laughing at like dude the Celtics could have very easily won this and they just keep shooting themselves in the foot um so that that's what I find fascinating for these next two games I do think there will be two more games. Uh, I, do, I, I do actually agree with you that the refs are going to gonna help the Celtics along the way because I do think the NBA is rigged. In all honesty, I do think the NBA is rigged. Um, <laughs> and the NBA, well, the, Adam Silver will 100% make the call to send this series to seven. Uh, and, and for those of you that wonder why people like me are obsessed with uh, people talking about the ratings, I'm, I'm obsessed for this reason, that if Adam Silver had an ounce of credibility to him, he would be, he would be, uh, he, he, he would be absolutely corrupt, Tate. I know that makes no sense. It's a paradox. But if he had any credibility, <laughs> this man would be completely corrupt. He would look at what the ratings have been in the finals. He would realize that the, the way you shut down all that talk is you have a game seven that blows the final four this year out of the water mm. with ratings. Mm. You, 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 you orchestrate it that way. Then at that point, I think the refs, uh, I, I think it's anything goes. I think that, you know, where you're no longer orchestrating what happens. But you got to get it to game seven. I think the Celtics are going to win pretty easily in game six. But... Um, it, it is crazy that how, how defeated they look. It, it is crazy that 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 like that, that, that it seems to for a team that I felt like had far more answers than the Warriors did. Where the Warriors' approach to the series was like, let's just hope Steph goes nuclear, and let's hope that Draymond pulls his head out of his ass, and we can get some help from either Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins or or Clay Thompson here and there. Um, that's our recipe. It is no longer the recipe. The Warriors seem to be the 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 like they have figured out what they are, and the <clears> Celtics <throat> are searching for answers. And I find that fascinating because uh, that was very different a week ago. I'll be uh, you know the reason I I find that whole fa- that whole conversation fascinating is because I do think you're 100 percent right in the sense that the Celtics are the better team, and I think the Celtics know and think that they are the better team, and I think you know you have. 15 plus turnovers in back-to-back games if you're the Boston Celtics that is literally if you want to find every every you know statistician is you know trying to figure out like how do I show the wins above replacement of Jason Tatum that it's actually he's not doing that bad but it's like the only stat that really matters is turnovers when it comes to this Boston team and they are turning the ball over they've had 15 plus turnovers in back-to-back games and that Mm -hmm. is what the Warriors are feeding off of and I think the the buzzword if you want to call it for this series and for the real flip the switch is force right Force is the word. 2016, Cleveland was not a better team than the Warriors, but they forced, they kept forcing their way Mm -hmm. to wins. They kept forcing, it it was hard. They got in the dirt, they got in the mud. They were forcing, willing their way. The want to was different. And the Boston Celtics think they're the better team and they're going to win off that. And that's not happening. And the Warriors are winning not just with skill and shooting as they've always done, they're winning with force. And Andrew Wiggins is dunking on your head and driving to the basket because I think, you know, we mentioned the athleticism of the Boston Celtics. 
the one player on the Warriors that really is there and can be that guy from an athletic sense is obviously Wiggins, but uh-huh. there was kind of a, a, a mild-mannered you know, approach from him right as we started the series. But as he has gotten settled in, as he has gotten you know, his feet wet, he is saying, okay, well, the real way to open things up for us is for me to make these guys guard me and especially for me to go vertical, right? The only space that's on the floor is vertical. These guys are pushing us out 30 feet from the basket. The only place we can go is up. And guess who can Mm. go up? Andrew (laughs) Wiggins. And uh, I mean, that's honestly why I find it so fascinating because Boston is, you know, the better team, as we're saying. But I think the Warriors have found a way to 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 use force <laughs> to actually will their themselves to force a title. majeure. It's They're a force, force majeure. majeure. It's a yes. force majeure right in front of our very eyes. I, I've never um, seen anything so majeure in my life. Yeah. Quick break to get aware from our sponsors. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you truly safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash Titus and use promo code Titus and claim your 70% savings today. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash Titus. And then HubSpot, and then I'll do uh, Discover. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. You should pick. If you're the type of person who's always thinking about new business ideas or wondering what's the next side hustle I should spin up, check out the podcast, My First Million. We've been talking about My First Million here on the show uh, for a little while. Sam Parr, Sean Puri, each built and sold eight figure businesses to HubSpot and Amazon each week to brainstorming business ideas. You can start tomorrow. These can be side hustles, just make you a few bucks here and there, a few grand a month, maybe. Or a big billion dollar idea. Uh, here's a big billion dollar idea I just came up with. I just thought of this. I'm great at these. I have so many of these. I don't know why they don't listen to me, but that's okay. They, they've built something on their own. They don't need to listen to me. But here's a big billion dollar idea. Uh, a food delivery service that actually works. And like you actually get your food. <laughs> and remember, though, like is that, a, is, is that a fever dream, Tate? Or didn't we? Wasn't there once upon a time that you could like order food to have delivered to your house and they like brought the food in a timely manner and it was the right order it wasn't an hour and a half later yeah and it was delivered to your door and not like the the door like you know five houses down am i crazy i don't <laughs> nah, know yeah, i think you're i don't right. know <laughs> i had i had a dream that that existed once and uh i, I think i'm gonna start a business where that's the that's the case uh my first million guys they also chat with founders celebrities and billionaires and get them to open up about business ideas they have never shared before my first million can be uh, checked. There's a top 25 business podcast. You can check it out wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the other usual suspects. Search for My First Million. Go download, listen now. Thank me later.
And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Back to Titus and Tate. I was thinking about this watching Wiggins. Uh, he's had two great games. That are, he's, he's been very clearly... Um, He's been he's been the Warriors' second best player this entire yes playoffs. yes like not even close yes and, and he was and, an all star starter which goes back to like yeah. let, like if you're gonna keep the message consistent from the NBA like they should be promoting the fact that Andrew Wiggins is the second best player you know I what agree. I mean like we should have graphics of Steph and Wiggins yes. that's what it should be <laughs> is Andrew Wiggins the Splash Brother is it actually Andrew mm. Wiggins because there's there's been he's uh, the Bash Brother you got the Splash <laughs> and the Bash. I love the idea of like Wiggins and Draymond putting on their headbands and then they hit their fists. <laughs> yes. Like, like uh, Portman and uh, who's it? Dean Portman and uh, what was his name? Reed. Uh, uh, Fulton Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dean there Portman you go. and Fulton yeah. Reed. There you go. Mighty Ducks. Uh, Dude, great um, callback. Yeah, the, they're the Bash Brothers and then the, you let Clay and Poole and Steph be the Splash Brothers. Poole uh, is like going to get his splash card revoked pretty soon, I feel like. We're, we're going to have, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that, but yeah. That's... Well, no, pool, pool. Maybe he's not a splash brother. Maybe he's a him. Let's talk about it because I'm, I'm ready to, <laughs> yes. I'm ready to broaden this discussion because the Gold Hem State Warriors mm. have, um, really, really, what they have done for the him discourse cannot be understated. Tate, they, they have taken him discourse to a level that I didn't think was possible. I thought, <laughs> I thought every single NBA team had one him on the team. It was mm. clear who the him was. Yes. Um. And it, and it was very, uh, you know, very clean cut, dry situation. Uh, that is not the case. It is it is it has gotten very confusing, and I've been frustrated by this with the Warriors. But I've also after last night, I realized that this is this is actually good because it's making us ask questions that we didn't even realize we needed to ask. Um, now with that, I'll say early mm-hmm. in the playoffs, state we had a discussion about what is the difference between being one of them ones and being him, <laughs> and. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember a goddamn thing from that decision. Yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't either. But I yeah. remember there was a difference. You can be one of them ones, and then you, th- by being one of them ones, I believe... You can you, be elevated to you him. You can be elevated yes. to him. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching Andrew Wiggins, this this, this uh, emergence of Andrew Wiggins, who was, as you said, an all-star starter and has been their second-best player, but like just kind of came and was a number one pick, number one recruit. But he just kind of came out of nowhere these last couple of games, didn't he? Um as as I'm watching Andrew Wiggins, uh, and 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 you guys like you and I are having discussions about like how assertive he's been throughout his career, how assertive he's being in these finals. That's always been the knock on Wiggins is that he he's can he be a him if he's not like trying to impose his will? Mm-hmm. And then Tate, I've realized that there's another phrase in the him discussion that's being thrown around a lot that I need some clarification on and okay. we should talk about. Yeah. It's a phrase, he's got that dog in him. Ooh. Have you seen this? <laughs> You've seen this. I, not only have I seen this, I've heard this a lot growing up. This is, I think, this is a southern thing. This, you know is, what I mean? I, this is making it. This is making a reemergence. This is yeah. like this, this is entering the discourse again. He's got that dog in him, mm-hmm. and I, I know what it means, but at the same time, I have no, I have no damn clue what it means. Um, and and that's why I think we bring we fold that into the mix of the him discussion mm-hmm. because I think on second thought, like I thought Andrew Wiggins could not be him because him. Has to has to be more assertive. Him has to have the swagger, the confidence, what have you. Mm-hmm. But I think having confidence just means you have that dog in you, or or 
you, talk me through that because like is, is having that dog in you the blue collar confidence and him is the white collar confidence mm. is that what it is you know mm. what i mean because jordan Poole has the white the dog the dog in him is definitely blue collar I, I feel like when you hear someone's got that dog in him you're thinking tony allen right you know, mm -hmm. you might even give like Draymond Green. Draymond Green's got that dog in him. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that that would be one way to describe. So I think that's a blue collar term. Um him, <laughs> him seems to transcend the collars, right? I think this is a this is a, a mock term. You know what I mean? This is something that could go anywhere and be used uh, at any point. So I think him supersedes the dog in, in him, but I think the dog it's very similar to one of the ones, right? Like it, it is like a recipe to be one of them ones. If I do say so myself. I, uh, okay. That makes sense. So Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, a lot of times we've been waiting for him to bark. Right. And, and he's finally, he, he does not, like, have, he yeah. doesn't have that dog in him. I, do, I still don't yeah. think Andrew Wiggins has that dog in yeah. him, but the dog, <laughs> He, yeah, he might not be a top dog, but he might be a cool cat. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's a real cool cat. <laughs> I uh the 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 end of the it was the end of the third quarter, right? When Wiggins um passed to Jordan Poole and Poole hit the buzzer beater. That, that, that was, was a that was very like that shows you what like him is, right? Because That's if Andrew the him Wiggins, order. yeah, if him was if him was Wiggins, really truly him, he would have pulled up there. And Wiggins yeah. is so far from wanting to be him that he almost didn't pass it to Poole. Even though he knew Poole would hit the shot. Like, you you saw Wiggins. He was like, maybe I should just dribble this out so we don't waste the possession. Then he was like, oh, yeah, I'll just give it to Poole. And that was the best thing that Poole did all night, right? I mean, he was getting some eye rolls from the crowd. There was a lot of groaning every yeah. time that he would, you know, do that little, like, shimmy shake to nowhere. And everyone's <laughs> like, where, where is this guy going? Shimmy shake to nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, but that shot in the third quarter and it gave him the lead. I think a lot of people underestimate because the Warriors have owned the third quarter and they were losing in that third quarter, you know, by a significant amount. And the fact that Jordan Poole hit that shot and gave them the lead going in the fourth, that was a very him play because it got the it got the whole place ready. Yeah, you know? it was like, oh, we are here. We are here. and We are them. That's where I've arrived. I th I think that I think that Wiggins is uh, I think Wiggins is one of them ones. One of them ones. Officially one I of agree. Ones. And and. I uh, Wiggins is one of them ones. He does. I don't think. I still don't think he has the dog in him. I think he's showing the dog in him a little more uh, in these finals. Certainly, the last two games with his rebounding defense. Um, but I. But, but Andrew Wiggins, it, we need a full. Dude, we need like two or three, I guess, playoff runs from him having the dog in him for me to think that he permanently has the dog in him. Yeah, I've just I've seen too much Andrew Wiggins throughout his career without having the dog in him to now believe that he has the dog in him, Tate. So. I Andrew Wiggins is one of them ones. I think um I do think the hymn of of the Gold Hymn State Warriors is Jordan Poole. I do. I, I think Steph wants to be the him. I think in, in Steph's mind he's him. I think Steph in game four was uh, him. Set, was him, set mm -hmm. the tone for what the what the finals has become, which is that like 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 Steph took control of the series back single handedly in game four and said this we are the we are the better team. I Force. am the best player. Yep. I am him. It is mine. And I did it. I did it in Boston, which you know is a is a is worth one and a half times. As, as we said, as to worth. start the yeah. whole playoff run, this is how you shoot yourself to the moon. You do it yes. in Boston. If you do it in Boston, it counts one and a half times more than yeah. you did. Look it at LeBron's else. career. They only bring up the 2012 when he went there in Game Six.
Yeah, and the time uh, in two thousand was it? It was two thousand ten, right? When he quit on the, the the I mean, that was that was like the big black mark yeah. on his career. It was like yeah, then he, he walked through the, the tunnel and he, took he, his he jersey off. off. Yeah, <laughs> that happened in Boston. If he does it at home, I don't think it matters no as much. But it happened in Boston. There's no decision. Um, so Steph, Steph, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give Steph the uh, MVP, I think, in the end. But yeah. I think Jordan Poole is the him because is is him of of the finals because. As you said, this guy can suck ass for very long time, for very long stretches. He can he can have the shimmies to nowhere. As, as, is that what you call it? The, the, <laughs> the shimmy, shimmy shake to nowhere. The yeah. shimmy shake to nowhere. <laughs> he can uh, be completely lost on defense, and all it takes is one moment from Jordan Poole to get every single person watching in on him to be yeah. like this. This guy's amazing. I love watching this. Guy. Like, I, you know how many Warriors fans probably left that game thinking that Jordan Poole was awesome last night? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And because he had one shot. <laughs> yeah. That's all he needs to do. It's the same yes. thing. He, we, we've, we've seen this from, uh, you know, in 2018, he hits a shot against Houston. He uh, he did he did it at half court in game two. That was game two, right? When Jordan yep. Poole hit the uh, the shot in the finals uh, in game two at, at uh, uh, against the Celtics. He, he does this over and over where he has moments that transcend the rest of his game. Where you don't even you, you he he is like throw the box score out guy where it's like let's not talk about the box scores of Jordan Poole yeah let's talk about those moments in time that he was him where he where he used Marcus Smart's tactic and tactic tactics against him yeah. and flopped when he was barely touched in the face if he was touched at all mm-hmm. um, these are the him moments for that reason I believe that Jordan Poole is the MVP of these finals tape. I'm right there. Right I, I I see I see and, and I get it. And the other part of Jordan Poole, right, is like you know you in, in any arena, right? They have the the interstitials between you know like the commercial breaks and everything, and they have a player that comes up there who's like, "Come on, crowd, let's get the crowd going." Or they do like a stupid little quiz game, and they're like, well, you know, what's your favorite place to eat? What's your favorite food? Mm-hmm. Jordan mm-hmm. Poole is the king of that in Chase Center, right? He is literally <laughs> on the Jumbotron. It's the most him thing you've ever seen. He is the Jumbotron. He is always up there. He's playing some different game. He's he's having fun. You know what I mean? He's dancing. He's like, get up, fans, let's go. <laughs> and the only time that he wasn't him on the Jumbotron was going in the fourth quarter. Draymond does like, and I'm sure they've done it all playoffs, but Draymond does like a minute 30, like basically, you know, poem. Where he's like talking podcast. about yeah, he's, 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 a podcast. It's like a it's a it's a Ryan Rosillo monologue. I think Ryan Rosillo should go after him for this. But he does, and he's just like a diatribe about what it means to be a warrior and what it. I mean, it fires you up. And, and when that happened last night, you know, because we'd been talking about Draymond on the show, I had told my friend going to the game, I was like, this guy's a liability. I mean, that that's his number one ability right now is liability. <laughs> and um, and and I will say in that fourth quarter. I did realize, and like I had to be there in the moment. I did. You, you kind of remember why Draymond, despite the basketball of it all, right? Like he is so important to these Warriors fans because he almost like is their master of ceremonies, right? He kind of is the MC of it all. Like they, he almost has to like guide them along the the splash experience, right? They need Draymond to say, "Now's the time we got to get up. Now's the time we got to lock in. Now's the time we got to show why we're different than everybody else." Da 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 da. So. In the, and, I, and I say all this because I do want to mention Draymond, honorable mention in the him in the him rankings. He's not him. Yeah. He's definitely not him. But he does play a part as as a stand in him, and he also kind of somehow has become like the face of the fans in a sense. I don't know how else to explain it. But uh, Draymond, I, I will give him that credit. I did. I had lost. I had lost that frame of reference until I was in the building, and people were like. 
Thank you, Draymond, for getting me electrified for the fourth quarter. Even though Jordan Poole had just got him electrified with the him play, you know. Draymond was was definitely better in Game Five. Yes, sure. he uh, totally. He, I I I think the uh, the thought that he was Draymond again, or this was uh, the, I I don't think that. I I still think he's he has sucked throughout the course of this series, and I don't think it erases how bad he's been in this series. Yeah, um, agreed. But it, it it was nice finally to for especially when all the discussion became uh, uh, centered about around his podcast, which like honestly I I talked a lot about it too. I never thought, for the record, I never thought Draymond doing the podcast was why he sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that was I don't not think it was what we were talking about. Yeah, that was not my point of view. My point of view is like I know the podcast has nothing to do with whether you're playing well or not. My my problem is you're sucking and then doing the podcast. And frankly, like I'm not trying to hear anything from you. Just go yeah. play better, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to hear you. I don't need to hear you take accountability. Even even if all of his podcasts are like that was my fault. I yeah. sucked ass. Like I, I got to be better. That. Yeah, I don't want to hear yeah. that. I don't. I don't want to hear that. that. Just go yeah. be better. Just like yeah. just just go just shut up and go be better. Uh-huh. You know. Um, and, I think his making- mom. I think his mom really saved him with that tweet. Yeah. You know what I mean. I think she took all the heat from him by being like, "I don't know what's wrong with him," and uh, <laughs> that, that, that kind of <laughs> yeah. ended it all. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I and 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 for a guy who his his whole reputation is like, I do the things that don't show up in the box score, um, but also I do triple doubles as well. So. Let's, yeah. let's acknowledge those box scores. Please pull up those box scores. Throw out the box scores, but then also go get the ones that have me with triple doubles. Yes. But I was calling him out because uh from for most of these finals, he hasn't been doing the things that don't show up in the box score. And unless you unless you those things are like talking shit and and, and mm-hmm. instigating and getting texts and when when Which he uh, did some of that last night. He, he did, did some of that last yeah. night. He's following Jason Tatum with the Celtics bench, trying to take the ball from Tate like those I didn't like things. that move. Not I, I mean, like Draymond. Obviously, I didn't like that move from Draymond. But I didn't like that move from Tatum either. I mean, if I'm if I'm Tatum, I'm just like I don't I don't even. I guess he was trying to bait him a little bit. But I I at that point, you're just like, dude, you're playing into this whole. You're you're playing Draymond's game right now by being in this moment. Please go yeah. score. Please go. Please go be Kobe. You know what I mean. I also though don't understand how. I mean, Draymond. It, it, I, I will give. Celt- I I love. I love making fun of Celtics fans and and trolling Celtics fans because frankly they deserve it. And we could <laughs> we control Celtics fans for the rest of time, and it still won't be enough tape. But I I yeah. will be on their side in one thing, which is that Draymond gets away with murder. Absolutely everything. Oh my absolutely god. Absolutely everything. There's not he- a. Every literally every other player in the NBA does what he did to Jason Tatum, where the the, the Tatum has the ball. The Celtics call timeout. He's simply walking to his bench, and Draymond's just hounding him to the bench. That is a tech. Every other, any other yeah. player, LeBron does that. That's a tech on LeBron. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's not sure. even like a superstar call. It's like somehow Draymond has like infiltrated the brains of the refs, where they will they will call a tech on. I, we we talked about it on the show a million times that the first tech is always scripted, but they'll call a tech on him early in games. And so in Draymond's mind, it's like the refs have it out for him. When that's so very obviously not the case at all. Yeah. And in fact, it's the opposite. They're like kind of scared of him. They're scared to toss him from a game. Um, it's it's weird. That 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 whole deal is weird. And I do feel for Celtics fans in that regard. The rest of it, like the foul calls and the like when your team is flopping like crazy, you have to just take it. Like when when, when Jordan Poole flops on Marcus Smart, you can't Draymond argue Green is about it. On yeah, Williams, exactly. You can't argue about it. That's mm-hmm. who you are. Like that's you you, you are you, that's if anything, we, you should be tipping your cap. You know what I mean? You're yes, like, oh wow, yes. like we're we're so good at this that these guys are taking from us, right? They're they're trying to play like us. And Draymond fouled out of three games so far in the finals. We we can't like 
understate that. He's fouled out of three games. It's the first time a player's done that since 2000. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> he's still, like you said, it's like this doesn't wipe, the game five doesn't wipe away everything else. And the fouls and the antics are obviously more of the Draymond story. But if he goes to Boston and he plays the same way that he played in game three, game four, whatever, he's probably going to foul before halftime. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's going to be a totally different game. He's not going to be able to do all this stuff. But you're right. The leash is unbelievable. And it's almost like he's like a contemporary with the referees while these other guys like can't speak to them. You know, he's like having a, a meeting. He's like, let's go have a council meeting over here and talk yeah. about this. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, these guys don't listen to a word I say. And then if I say anything like that's bullshit, they team me up. He's doing the casual Tom Izzo, throw my arm around yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, go, yeah. Chat. Come here, man. Let's talk about this. It is true. It's a very Izzo move. So I do have to respect that. He learned something from uh, Coach Izzo. That's cool. Uh, no, Dr Draymond does not. At this point in his career, Draymond doesn't. We, we don't need him to be um, as great as he has been in finals past. And, um, you know, the, there was a stretch there in 2017, 2018, Tate, where it felt like uh, every NBA draft was – we. When you and I were doing shows, we were jokingly talking about who's going to be the Draymond of this of this draft. Yeah, and we were doing it. We were, it was such a joke because it was like if, if there were so many Draymonds to be had in all of these drafts, <laughs> the Draymond wouldn't be Draymond. Like what makes him so good yeah. is it's funny because Grant, Grant Williams is one of those Draymonds that we need. Yeah, we were like, Grant Williams probably, is a great Draymond. <laughs> I think we probably did when, when Grant Williams came out. We were like, yeah, that guy is, could be a Draymond. Um, but we, 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 you don't need Draymond to, to get triple doubles. You don't need him to be a lockdown defender and, and all that stuff. Like at this point, all I ask from Draymond for me to not kill him in finals post uh, post game podcasts <laughs> when when you and I get together and talk about the the game we just watch is just simply play hard and like yeah. don't don't make your entire approach to the game be all the the extracurricular bullshit rather than like trying to actually play hard and play defense and like look at the rim every so often. I do think that like he, he can't hit, he's, he, he's, he's, he's still like an offensive liability. He can't hit shit. I do think he has to continue to shoot though. Yeah. Like not, not he every took a single three, time. He took a three early but in yeah. the corner last night. That was big. And then he had the classic Draymond where he's like, fake the, the handoff hand and then yeah. he went for the dunk. And I'm like, as long as you do those you two pepper things. Those in. Yeah. Your money. You gotta you gotta pepper those in. You gotta crash the glass. You don't even have to grab the rebounds. You yeah. just have to like like if you want to be an instigator and 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 do shit like that and like get get under people's skin and all that sort of stuff and do the stuff that doesn't show up at a box score. Box out. Great example is just boxing out. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing and that's There's how you nothing pick up worse than Rob Williams like having to deal with you boxing him out straight up. He doesn't want to deal with that. Like that Dude, that's a headache. I I, I think that's how Draymond gets a tech in game six. If I'm Draymond, I, I throw my ass into a guy boxing out, get a foul called, and, y and yell at the refs that I was simply boxing out and yeah. get a tech. And then get that's Steve, great... Steve Kerr to review it. They yes. review it. They're like, honestly, he is just boxing out. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they yes. overturn the call. Draymond goes crazy. <laughs> but that that's what I want out of Draymond at this point is like st stuff like that and and um he wins me over it's it's the the uh all the other ancillary extracurricular bullshit when on top of that he's not even playing that hard he's not even playing that good a defense that's what drives me crazy uh game five he was a little bit better he he was certainly uh, as you said he was he was looking to to score at least enough um mm. his defense was a little better he was playing harder he had the juice. And that's all yeah. we can ask at this point. I don't need Draymond Green to because because that that seems to be like the discussions about Draymond are basically um, if, if you're someone who wants to criticize Draymond because he he doesn't put up stats, then Draymond and all of his supporters and fans will yell at you that you don't understand basketball and you don't understand what he's bringing to the game. And 
I'm someone that's like, I feel like I understand this game, and I feel like I just watched the whole thing. And Draymond, you didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you yeah. understand basketball? Because I don't think you really you don't do a, you didn't do a goddamn thing to impact that game other mm-hmm. than just be like an asshole when, when during yeah. dead balls. Like, that was like all you did. Yeah. 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 Um, so I need you to, to to be an instigator. Be an instigator during live ball situations. <laughs> yeah. That's be an I instigator ask. within the context of the game. Yes. Right. Like yes. that. That is. And then and, you'll win me back over. And that was what I was. I mean, I I my voice is you know a little hoarse, but like that was some of the things that I was yelling last night. And it's it's not even about anything other than like for the game of basketball, like stop flopping. Right. Coach K is dead. Coach K is done. Like you don't have <laughs> to play this way. You don't have to play <laughs> this way. You, this is not basketball. Like you don't have to game the game. Just play the game. That's all that's all we all want. And that's what has been lost in the sauce. All these younger guys like get on TV and they're like mad that people talk bad about them and bring up the 80s and 90s. That's cuz they were playing the game. That's all people want to see. They want to see you play the game. They don't want to see you flop. They don't want to see 15 reviews. They don't want to see it from 15 different angles that Marcus Smart was already throwing his head back before he even got touched. I mean, Nobody wants to watch it. And same with Jordan Poole. Like, nobody wants to look at the highlight and watch Jordan Poole, like, no. barely get his nose touched and throw his head back. You know what I mean? And that, and I think we, once we all collectively say that and we, we're we open about it and we're vocal about that's what we're actually mad about, I think we all move in a better direction for basketball. I really do. And I, yeah. and I think we only have one man to blame, and his name is Mike Krzyzewski. It's Adam Silver. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, two Duke guys. I mean, whichever one. Whichever one you want to blame. Coach, hey, speaking of Duke guys, uh, have you heard the uh, Coach K to Utah rumors? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> Coach K to Coach the Jazz? Have you heard oh, that? Oh, my God. Quinn Snyder is his uh, reference on his resume. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, he said Hire a better coach Snyder, than me. There's yeah. only one out there. There's his only name one. is Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. K. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if you heard those. I, I personally have not heard those. I just didn't know if you had heard those. Um, I wanted him no, for the Hornets. You're, you're right. When, 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 when I was losing my mind watching these playoffs, I felt like every show we did, I was just complaining and, uh, you know, the, the, about the state of the game today and all this sort of stuff. That, that is, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It is, it is all the, the complaining about the refs makes me complain about the, the product and all that. And it, it does feel like if we can just address it and get out in front of it and like acknowledge what it is that we all want to see cleaned up. And I got, I hope that, I hope the league does something in the off season. I mean, it, but it feels like they, we talk about this every single off season. Like I saw college basketball next year is going to be giving text for flopping apparently, <laughs> which haven't we said that every single off season? Yeah. I don't understand um, they're supposed to in the NBA, right? Like they're supposed they're to. They're supposed be, to in the NBA, yeah, exactly. They're supposed. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, th- that's the one overhaul I want to see because it's not even every single time there's a whistle blown, somebody on either team is complaining. Sometimes it's both. It's it's it's, it's guys on both teams. There's a whistle and like one guy's complaining that it should have been an and one, as the other guy's complaining I didn't even touch him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you're like, what? How? What? What is going on here? And then now it's it's like not even now, but like I, I'm starting to notice it more. That it's uh it's been going on forever, but I'm noticing it more that it's not even whistles, Tate. It's like Jason Tatum hits a shot and he's he's turning in the flow of the game and he's complaining that there's there's no and one. No, Steph it, is, it's Steph like part, did that it's Taylor like part of game his four. Re- he hits a shot and he he looks up and starts just like screaming at the ref that he's not a and one. And I I don't I don't know. I I would love to I would love to see uh may, maybe the points don't count. You know how like back in the day if you fouled a guy you had to raise your hand and say it was a foul on me. Yeah, maybe we bring that back. But also we say if you complain after you score a basket, 
the points don't count. Mm-hmm. If you if you're asked for the and one, you don't get the you don't get the points. I was gonna say it's, it's almost become like a part of the the shot making process, right? It's like the, like it's like another layer. Like if you're really elite, right? If you're a really elite scorer, you're like Jason Tatum's like hitting fadeaways while like holding his other arm, being like he hit my arm. Like he's like literally coming down from the shot already at the ref. Like do you think Drew Hanlon's coaching that? Yeah, Hanlon in the, the sure. offseason is getting Tatum so. on the side step. He's like, all right, so here's the gather step. Then you take the sh- the two step shuffle behind the line, and then as you shoot, as soon as you release, take your left hand and hit your elbow, own elbow. Take your left hand and hit your own elbow. <laughs> but there you go. Good y- job. You mentioned so. earlier like some of the stuff with Tatum, like it can be so beautiful or it can be so like rigid. And the reason I think that is is because it's never like it, sometimes it is, but a lot of the times with these kind of moves that he has, they're all scripted in his head. They're all like predetermined. They're all premeditated. Yeah, and that is also not true to the game, right? Because the game is reactionary and it's anticipation, and it is like like we talked about that Penny Hardaway play where they asked him about the step back spin three or whatever he did, and he was like, I don't even know what that move was. I, that yeah. was just like I the guy wanted me to go left, so I spun back right and I hit a three. That was like based on the defense. That's how I reacted. And it was natural instincts. And I think the best thing that could happen to Tatum, in my humble opinion, is if he wants to honor Kobe and like idolize Kobe, he should really think about the fact that Kobe Bryant, yes, he was like, I mean, almost psychopathic with his work habits and things and the way he you know, copied Jordan's like mannerisms, like on a basketball court, but he also had great instincts and he also played to the game that was in front of him. He didn't have predetermined, like, I need to do this. I need to take 20 shots. I need to, you know what I mean? And that's the yeah. only thing in the finals right now with Tatum. And maybe he figures it out. Right. Cause he, I mean, we've seen him turn it on before, but like, that's the only thing for me that throws me with him when people are talking about, you know, he's top five or he's going to win MVP next year. I'm like, I feel like there's still like instinctual parts of basketball that you can't script and uh, that you have to improv, you know, for lack of a better term. And I, I'm not sure that he's that guy. And I think Jalen Brown is actually better as an in improv improvisation or whatever you want to call it at the end of games and is more instinctual with kind of like his moves and things, even though they both are similarly kind of rigid. But he times. can't dribble. Like, but he Jaylen, can't Jaylen's dribble. problem is he can't dribble. So. He's got the Harrison Barnes syndrome where I'm like, dude, just yeah. grab the ball. Like just, I mean, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, that's his problem that he can't. That, and then everyone's like in the fourth quarter, one of these guys has to take over. I mean, that also seems like what the crux of that whole conversation has been with them forever. Like Jason Tatum was saying, why am I the superstar two weeks ago? Which I thought was very strange. And then Jalen Brown, every time they ask him, he's like, you know, Jason Tatum's our our, our leader, you know? And you're like, what? what is like, they got to figure guess, that out. Too, I guess this is, this is why I was so adamant against the Celtics uh, winning this NBA championship. And why after game one, I was hitting the panic button and I was saying something has to be done. We have to, as a basketball community, stop this. Yeah. Because uh, this team is is not that... This, they're, they're both somehow better than the Warriors and they're the best team. But at the same time, they're 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 frustratingly not a good team, Tate. Yeah. Like it's... It, it, a, a team full of floppers were like, Jason Tatum's your superstar... Winning the title would, you know, and and they they choked down the stretch. They turned the ball over like crazy. Like that team winning the NBA championship, I I just, that, that that doesn't sit right with me because I I think like where my mind wants to go is like we we've seen teams that don't have superstar players per se 
win titles before the 2004 Pistons is where your mind goes, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. the that's the example. <laughs> it's so of, funny that everybody uses the Pistons. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. I mean, it's like the only. Well, because I mean, like that. No, it's yeah. it's, it's the, there's no other real example except yeah. maybe one of the Spurs teams with Tim Duncan on it, where Tim Duncan's like one know, of the greatest all time, one of the greatest yeah. players of all time. Yeah. So like that's not exactly a great example. So other than that, it's the 04 Pistons. That's the one you keep going back to of like. Is it possible to win a championship when you don't have one of the five or six or seven or whatever best players? Um, the difference being, Tate, the Pistons had the dog in them. Yeah, That Pistons team had the dog in them. And I do not see the dog in these Celtics. And I think these Celtics think they have the dog in them because they think that they're a great defensive team. And they are a great defensive team in some ways. But when, you're, when your identity is basically flopping... And your offensive identity is when we shoot threes, we look awesome. And when we break threes, we stare at the bench and, and say, what do we do now, coach? Um, and and so many plays are, as you said, scripted or not play scripted, but, uh, you know, movements are scripted for yeah. various guys. Jalen Brown can't dribble. Marcus Smart's a turnover <laughs> machine. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum's a turnover machine. Like all of that drives you crazy that is not the dog in them that is not like what you want to see out of a team that doesn't have the superstar player and you, you put all that together and you're like this team can't win an NBA championship but at the same time I do think they're better than the Warriors and that is why I was so down on these NBA playoffs and these finals for so long because I was like where bring back LeBron I mean that's that's basically it bring back LeBron and Giannis bring back like, Giannis yeah I, I did Giannis. ask you this if uh, uh I asked you this in game one if the the Bucks and the Suns <laughs> had been playing like if if the if the Saudis came to to the Bucks and the Suns and said let's start we a got league. an idea yeah. we got an idea we're gonna pay all of you guys to play a seven game series at the exact same time as the NBA Finals. There's no trophy on the line. There's no legacy plays whatsoever. It's yeah. just you two you you two teams play each other, and I want everyone to care as much. Like the winners get millions of dollars, more money than you can than you know. Yeah. Every every game you win, every player gets fifty million dollars. Um. <laughs> Which which series would Phil you watch? Be losing yeah. his mind. <laughs> which series would you watch, Tate? Would you watch the NBA Finals or would you watch the Bucks and Suns playing each other for fifty million dollars? Because I would, I would, it, yeah, definitely be watching. The I was Bucks gonna say Suns. after Game Three, I definitely would be like, I'm watching Bucks Suns, like no yeah. doubt about it. I do think it's interesting, and I realized this last night as I was at the game. As I was watching the game, there's no, I mean, Steph's a point guard, obviously, but there was no true point guard even on either team, like not even the second yeah. unit, right? Like Jordan Poole brings the ball up when Steph Curry was going out. Like, I'm like, Jordan Poole should not be bringing the ball up in a finals no, game. Like that, that, that sounds like the worst idea in history. And boy, did we feel it in the building. Every single time, I'm like, this is a mistake waiting to happen. Um, and then sometimes it was glory, right? Because that's kind of the roller coaster that you ride. But last year's finals, like having, uh, you know, Chris Paul, Andrew Holiday, and that level of point guard play, right? And the way that they were able to structure the game out and to manage a game and to, what's the buzzword? Play the game, right? Uh -huh. Like actually play the game. That is what I think is maybe missing at times from this series because the the crazy thing is it kind of happened in soccer like you don't have a center forward anymore like there there's no center strikers right there that like position has gone away point guard has kind of gone away and you see it in this series because you have to have someone that can score that plays point guard and Steph is the scoring guard he's the scoring point guard but he also has a, the the bear the responsibility of getting guys in order but Draymond helps shoulder that the Celtics had the same thing where it's like Marcus Smart is like bringing the ball up as your point guard, but you also got like Horford to kind of like get guys in order, but there's no real point guard. And I think that's mm -hmm. why sometimes these games feel out of sorts because it's not tr traditionally what you see. And a point guard does so much more 
then people really like, you know, as much as all these guys go on TV, they're like, you don't understand basketball. Let me tell you about that. Like a point guard does set things up in a right way or in a, in a, in a, in a di- digestible fashion that you're used to. And in this series, we're really far removed from that. And the Celtics are playing Warriors basketball, right? And they're actually like compounding on themselves. And the Warriors are like, we can play private school basketball too. Watch me flop, you know? Like, <laughs> and it's like this weird, like we're going down like this, this doldrum. And I think the question is great because I think a lot of people are like, well, I kind of, you know, like, Big man, point guard, wings, everyone kind yeah. of fits in their pockets and plays their position and plays their role. P.J. Tucker, does, you know. Um, so I, I think that's why it's fascinating because it's like a tra- traditional versus an unconventional. And I can see both sides and I enjoy them for different reasons at different times. But even last night, Steph Curry on a fast break on a two on one ran to the three point yep. line and then yep. didn't even get the three out. Right. And that and yep. then I think about that. Um, compared to last year where Drew Holiday strips Devin Booker is coming down on a fast break. Giannis Antetokounmpo is sprinting like a gazelle and is pointing up to the sky and is like, throw the freaking lob. And this guy mm-hmm. dunked on an entire city mm-hmm. of Phoenix. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I juxtapose these two things. And I, I love Steph Curry uh, always. But like when I think about what that is, I'm like, that is kind of, more traditionally what I expect to see in the NBA finals. Right. And, uh, you know, that it's like kind of a, you know, that I think we're at a crossroads right now in basketball, right? Because there's people that love the, the, what is now and what is popping. And there's the people that grew up and played a certain way and have their, and that's what this whole like kind of argument is, right? The whole goat conversation is actually extrapolated out to like modern (laughs) basketball that we see and the gamesmanship and things like that versus, what is traditionally the game, right? So it's it's really fascinating. But if if you put a gun to my head and said which one do you want to watch, I probably would want to watch the Bucks and the Suns. Yeah, that was a long winded yeah. way of saying that, but no. I was trying to give everybody their due. You saying the uh, people that love to get on TV or or podcasts or whatever else <laughs> say and 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 yell about how much people don't know basketball is it's so true that that the NBA is the one. Not even league or sport. It's like the one thing in all of society that the people involved in the thing love yelling at the fans of the thing that you don't know shit. Imagine like a Marvel movie instead yeah. of like the Marvel in credits, instead of like the bonus scene at the end. It's like all the actors like looking at the camera and it's like all of you that are going to go to Reddit and talk mm. about what you saw in this movie. You don't, you don't understand know what the fuck making. you're talking about. Shut up. You don't know the movies we're making. And everyone's just watching like, uh, am I supposed to be okay? reading for this guy? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Uh, and, and, and I think that's why I think that's why I'm so fascinated with the ratings uh, conversation state is because ultimately it comes down to like people that identify as basketball fans their entire lives have grown up watching basketball their entire love the game played the game as long as their bodies would allow them or their skill level would allow them yeah they play pickup still as they've gotten older whatever they're through they're, they're, their identity is 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 basketball like they are basketball people these these everyday basketball people tape will be like you know. Here, here are some of the reasons I'm not as into the NBA as I used to be. And then the NBA people will be like, well, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so fascinated by that, like, tug of war of like, yeah, but how can you, like, they're, they're telling you that maybe there's too many threes or like, like the idea, like, cool. I understand that the spreadsheet says Steph spotting up for three on a fast, on a two on one fast break 
is the most efficient play he could have made in that situation. Given but his like, percentage and all that sort of, yeah. But like that doesn't mesh with like my ideal of what basketball is. So I'm kind of turned off by that. And then you have like the NBA type people that carry the water for the league and, and work for the, the, you know, the league's partners and media then go on TV and talk down to the people that are like, I don't think I like that that much. You're like, no, you do like it. And here's why you like that. You're like, no, I don't. And that whole tug of war is just like so fascinating because like both sides are very clearly right. Cause like on the one hand, like the, like, like the people that are just keep love, that love pointing out that the players have never been better. The league has never been better that, and it's like, do, have, have you not stopped and realized that you have to say this over and over and over? You shouldn't have to say this over and over and over. Yeah. Like at a certain point, shouldn't the fact that the players are more ta- like way more talented than the, they were in the '90s, and and the, the the games are way more intense, and the pace <laughs> is up, and the the shot making's through the roof, shouldn't all of this stuff be obvious to us, like casual fans, like the people that don't know a ton about basketball? Shouldn't this be like like wh- shouldn't the fact that you're getting in front of a camera pointing all of this out <laughs> over and over and over and over again eventually it, stick? Yeah. Like, isn't that a problem? Has it clicked in your head that like you shouldn't have to do that if it is in fact as great as what you're saying? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I'm fascinated by it. By I, all of that. I think uh, that's a that's a great point, and it's also one of those things where like Steph Curry doing that, going to the three point line, is the only person as everyone like Steph Curry broke basketball in that sense because like he played his own way, which was totally unique and unique to him. And the worst thing that's happened is that all these, you know, the the imagination that that guy has, Steph Curry, is up there with, you know, the Michael Jordans, Larry Birds, these type of guys, right, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean that you have to copy it. That doesn't mean that you yeah, have to, yeah. to, to manipulate the game because he's so imaginative that he changed the game and innovated it. That doesn't mean that you have to ruin the game by trying to copy it, by trying to basically say, hey, we can manipulate the same way if we just take more threes. Yeah. And, and we can just like shoot more and that'll equal to him. No, like just let him be this this imaginative, amazing, separate entity that plays a certain way and it's unique to him. And that was always my frustration because it was like this this blame would go to Steph and it's like, why are we blaming the guy who is like creating this amazing, for lack of a better term, art that we're watching? Why aren't we blaming the freaking losers that are copying him? Like what a bunch of plagiarizing losers, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is kind of the problem in my frustration and I think that's why, you know... I, I get up and arms. That's been basketball forever, yeah. though. You know, I guess. Yeah, everybody copies the winners. Copies, yeah. yeah, you know, everybody's just trying to find the the guy that's the top dog at the moment. Everyone's yeah. trying to find the dog in him. Who's him? <laughs> I did want to ask uh, to wrap up the him conversation. Do you think Jason Tatum or Jason or Jalen Brown are one of them once? Because I that's think a great that, that's the real question to me. Because I, I thought that they were both one of them ones, and I'm scared there might be only I, one of those ones I, okay so first of all jason tatum does not have the dog in him i think yeah, that, i, I think agree we start there i think that's very anytime you're like i think he's his his worship of kobe in his mind that means he has the dog in him because he wants to have the mama mentality um <laughs> uh, which is that is, is there something different between the mama mentality and having the dog <laughs> i think they, i think um, they are similar families <laughs> but the way i see it if you are in fact trying to emulate someone else you don't have the dog in you. So like weirdly, does Kobe not have, did Kobe ever have the dog in him? If I, he was trying to be MJ. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like Tatum. Tatum is not a guy to me that has the dog in him, but I do. Th- I, 
I do. Jalen Brown has the dog in him. I agree. Um, I do think Tatum could be one of them ones. Mm-hmm. He's I, I I he's definitely not him though. Jason Tatum is not him. Jason think, Tatum does not have the charisma mm-hmm. to make up for the lack of uh, like he, he people want him to be a superstar, especially Boston people. He is not like what, yeah. maybe he is. I don't know. Who gives no, you're right. Whatever you're right. your definition of a superstar, but like he yeah. is not on the level that like he wants to be at. The Celtics fans want him to be at. He's not quite there. And the only way in my mind you can make up that gap, which then would make you him, is if you had just charisma off the charts, and he has like negative charisma. Yeah. Um, which, which it's a very so Anthony not, Davis situation with yeah. him where it's like a lot of people were asking early on, you know, when he came out, they're like, can Anthony Davis be him? I remember in 2012, everyone was asking that. They're like, can Anthony Davis? Yeah. This is about a decade ago. I wrote Everyone's a column like, about it. I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think you did. It was, was a great one. Go look yeah. that up. Uh, yeah. like, will Anthony Davis be him? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think. I said, that, no, he doesn't have that dog <laughs> yeah, in him. Yeah, that's right. That's I remember that. Said, I think that was the last sentence. Really oh. good. Uh, it was about fourteen thousand words. Um, <laughs> I think uh, it was footnote footnote number eleven. Foot- I said he does you didn't not see have my the dog. <laughs> I'm like fact checking footnotes. Oh my god, this is this is my life. Um, oh my god, Jason. But Anthony Davis is one of them ones, but he can never be him because of the charisma. I think Jason yeah. Tatum is one of them ones. I think Jalen Brown is one of them ones. But I think one of them is going to have to fall from that status for the other one to stay. I agree. One of them I think I, I'll say this, and I mean this genuinely, and I don't know how controversial this is. So <laughs> I don't know if this comes across as shtick or not shtick. This mm-hmm. is genuinely how I feel. I get more excited about the idea of Jalen Brown than I do Jason Tatum. Me too. Like I, I, uh, I don't think Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum Agreed. yet. Um, but like Jalen Brown just needs to learn how to dribble. <laughs> yeah. Which is a t- it, to, to be fair, that is it's not like you can just like sprinkle pixie dust on yourself in an off season and then suddenly have Kyrie's yeah. handles. It doesn't work that way. Um, but Jalen Brown to me is more exciting. I don't know, and, and it might just be personal preference. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying a GM should, you know, if if I was if I was Brad Stevens, I would, you know, trade Jason Tatum and build around Jalen Brown. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying my personal preference watching both of them play. I get more excited at the idea of Jalen Brown. Uh, well, like when Jalen Brown's rolling, he's more fun to watch to me than than when Jason Tatum's rolling. If that makes yeah, sense, I agree. So. Tatum to me is a little bit like a machine, you know what I mean? Where it's like almost uh, you're like it, it, it. It's like not obviously Kawhi, but it's a little bit like uh, I feel like removed from it. You know what I mean? Like even last night, I'm at the game. I'm watching this guy hit like four straight shots in you know the first half, and I look up and it's like Jason Tatum's got 16 points already. You know, yeah, it just like it's one of those things where it's happening in front of me. But then sometimes like he's had some amazing moments, obviously some amazing highlights. But you're right. Like when Jalen Brown, because I think Jalen Brown like has another level to hit. I do think, like you said, gets his handles right and he has the right makeup and everything. So um, but I don't think that uh, it's it's like saying anything bad about Jason Tatum to say that Jalen Brown can excite you more. I really don't think yeah. that's I don't think that is uh, dismissive towards Jason Tatum. And the Boston fans, the media have already decided that Tatum's a top you know one hundred player, so it doesn't really matter, right? Like it doesn't. No matter what happens moving forward, Jason Tatum will be a top one hundred player. It'll be Coach K's first top one hundred NBA player. And uh, then maybe I'll say well, he's him. You say that now, but if if Tatum forces himself to the Lakers, dude, he's you're dead right. to all the Boston. You're media. right, and and yeah, LeBron, so, LeBron for Tatum that. right now. Who says no? Who says whoa, <laughs> whoa? <laughs> 
Oh, Whoa. God. I will say I Lebr it. LeBron straight up, like I did learn this from being up in the Bay. LeBron's trying to go to, to the Warriors. Um, of course I, he is. I had a, I or had the a Heat. Or <laughs> no, I had a source tell me boots on the ground that uh, that Bronny is a Stanford kid. That that, that Bronny is uh, is going to take the Zaire Williams path to Stanford, which brings him up to the Bay Area. Which then it's so facto brings LeBron up to the Bay Area. Just he's like, I'm just here and I'm a free agent. You know what I mean? I'd love yeah. to come let Draymond cuss me out in practice. And, or he pins uh, it on his son. He's like, I, you know, like I don't want to do this per se, but my son. Bronny wanted to see the facilities. And, yeah, Bronny yeah, wanted to come like, by. <laughs> and what do you want me to do? Not be a family man. I'm a family man. Yeah. Um, so I am going to play for the franchise that's closest to my son. And what is that? Oh, it's the Golden State Warriors. Okay, yeah. So I'll play for them. Um, never heard of them. Are they good? Is that a good franchise? Is that a good franchise? I'm not going for I'm not going for Jamie Gibbs anymore. It's a no. different phase of my career. I want to play close to my son in college. I want to watch his college games. I want to be that dad. I want to, <laughs> all that being said, I will be taking my talents up to San Francisco. I want to be closer to home. And you're like, didn't you? Is it? Didn't you say that when you went to Cleveland? And he's like, yeah, that was home. But this that, is also that, home. That, I do have a home there. I'm a billionaire, <laughs> folks. I have many homes scattered across this country. Yeah, I hate to break and, it to uh, you. I've done some homes. <laughs> Um, oh, quickly, man. can we, can we do, can we do some draft talk real quick yeah, before we get please, out of here, before please, we get to shout outs? Please. Um, uh, cause I, uh, I'm fascinated by the draft. The draft is sneaking up. The draft is, uh, what next week? It's next week, Tate. Next Thursday. It's next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. 23rd. Um, it feels like Jabari is, is number one now. It feels like the, the magic have, have, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, that's what my tea leaves are telling me. I, I'm not a source man. You are the source man on the program, but, uh, <laughs> My tea leaves that I'm reading, the uh, the mock draft consensus seems to be that Jabari is the favorite to go number one now. Um, yeah. Chet is number two to Oklahoma City. So, like, what, what I'm saying here, the reason I'm so fascinated by this draft is that I think the draft might actually start with the Pacers at number six because Kinda it seems does. like Jab Jabari is number one. Chet's going two to OKC. Paolo is number three to Houston. Jaden Ivey is number four to the Kings. Then Keegan Murray is going to the Pistons at number five. And there might be some shakeups. Shaden Sharp might might surprise somebody. Like somebody might really love Shaden Sharp, and he might uh, jump into the top five. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so then it becomes interesting at number six because my beloved Pacers kind of start the draft, and I have no idea where they're going to go. And I think that's why I uh, I wanted to talk about the draft very quickly. Is that first of all? Do you would you agree with that? Does that feel like the 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 five right if, now? It does feel like the media consensus is that Jabari is number one. It feels like the 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 draft Knicks, right? They've all come out, and I saw Kevin O'Connor updated his uh, his draft board, and he had, uh, and then I think Vassini, our guy Vassini, his draft mm -hmm. uh, is coming out. His draft guide is coming out next week. So shout out to him. Um, I think that the media says Jabari because it's hard to argue against a guy who can score twenty points a game. I will say this. I will not be shocked. And and I say people I will not be shocked if on draft night the Orlando Magic take Paolo Bencaro number one. I will not be shocked. Um so I, you know, I, I think a lot of Jabari smoke is because people and you know th this is all my whatever. So but the I think the general sense, right, is that the Magic were gonna take Chet. But they, you know, not necessarily 100% on him. So then people have jumped to the conclusion, well, if it's not Chet, then it has to be Jabari, right? That, then that, that, oh, that was who number okay. two was. So okay. now he's going to be number one. But they're not uh, accounting the fact that the Orlando Magic really, really like Paolo Bencaro. So I think that there's a chance that Paolo Bencaro, because they're looking for a four, right? You got to so think about So you're saying, 
what basically what you're saying is that it's not over yet. Like the three horse race for number one pick is still on. In your it, mind. it is. It is on and popping. And I will say, I think Paolo Bencaro has the lead. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. So there you go. That, that, <laughs> that's your scoop. I, I think Paolo has the lead, and I think if that were to happen, OKC uh, really has – that's when the draft starts for me as far as intrigue because you and I have talked on this program. Who is the next Kevin Durant? We have been arguing. Yes. Some people have said Chet. Other people have said Jabari Smith. And yes. OKC with the number two pick will finally decide – uh, who is the next Kevin Durant officially as a number two pick going to play for the Thunder? So um, that'll be fascinating. And then at number six, I got good news for you. Shannon Sharp is not going to the Pacers. Uh, Benedict Matherin. Benedict Matherin. It's Benedict Matherin. Benedict Matherin. He so, is the perfect player for the Pacers. I've heard good things. Let's make it happen. I, I'm 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 buying Matherin stock. I'm I'm very excited about the idea. Of he might jump he in the is- top five. By the way, he might jump Murray. There might be a I, chance that he jumps Murray and Murray falls to the Pacers and everyone's like excited because it's Big Ten, but you're gonna want Matherin. Here's here's the 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 knock on Matherin, as we know, and you, you're reading all the same scouting reports I'm reading. You're talking to all the same people I'm reading. The knock, uh, the number one knock on Matherin is he's Canadian, um, and that's that's all. <laughs> but Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> right? Wiggins is out. But Andrew Wiggins, that's what I'm saying, man. Like I think I think. <laughs> Matherin scared me because he was Canadian, and and frankly, I just don't know if the Canadians have that dog in them. Sharp, and, Sharp is also Canadian, right? Shadon Sharp is also Canadian. So you is got, he really? Yeah, I think that, I think that the Pacers are down to two Canadians, and uh, I think that Benedict <sighs> Matherin is the one. I think he's one of them ones. I I uh, here, I, I've ultimately so I was I was scared the Pacers are going to take Sharp. I saw uh, Jonathan Gavoni on his his most recent mock draft on ESPN.com. He had uh, the Pacers taking Dyson Daniels, and I, I fell out of my chair when I read that. Because, yeah. number one, I had to Google who Dyson Daniels was. He's, he's G League. He yeah, I was going to say, isn't he G League? Yeah. yeah. And and I, I lost my mind because my beloved Indiana Pacers franchise will not we, – we will we will keep the G League Ignite out of the uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't please. think they'd they the take a G League Ignite player. They I would don't care trade, who it they is. Would, they would draft that, that kid maybe and then trade him. But I don't think they if, would take him to play him, no. If Wimbanyama went to the G League Ignite <laughs> this year and the Pacers had the number one pick, I would not want to take him. And you would say to yourself, well, you're an idiot, Titus. That's why the Pacers will never win a title. And I'll say, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fine. But we kept our morals. But we kept our morals. <laughs> and, our principles. And, like, you know what? We've never won a title. So, like, I don't <laughs> – you think I need a title to be a Pacers fan? No. Um. No, so we we got we gotta we 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 can't take Dyson Daniels. Absolutely not. It's no. it's shade it's shade on Sharp and and Matherin. I Sharp Sharp is a no for me just because of all the drama coming out of Kentucky. Like, I I I, I let Kentucky fans tell me how to feel about that guy, and it feels like they don't really love him because of all the the um the bullshit with Cal and, and I don't know. Just Google it. You know. Yeah, what I'm just Google about. it. Yeah. Just just, just Google just Google the the. The the brand there's a lot of brand plays going on from both sides that uh, they butted heads and and I don't know it just felt like too much it was like that guy yeah. does not that guy that's not an Indiana Pacers player you know what I mean Tate? Yeah. that's not a guy that's not a that, that guy does not have that dog in him is what I, I, I agree what 100%. I learned from from that whole uh, all that drama Matherin does Matherin excites me I love Matherin but I still think Tate that the the Indiana Pacers have to trade up and find a way to take Jaden Ivey it, it just simply has to oh happen. I love that. In fact, here's, here's my here's my top five. My official lock it in. Here's what I want the Indiana Pacers to do: power rankings. I, I've officially arrived at this. At number five, I think take AJ Griffin. Honestly, 
I, love I would that. I would rather take AJ Griffin than uh, I, I AJ Griffin Shane is Shane. my number two. Yeah, my it's Matherin, and I don't even know if Matherin will be there. But if it's not Matherin, then it's definitely AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin is going to play in the NBA, and he's going to be a good player. I'm not he's saying gonna he's awesome. going to be a world beater or one of them ones, but he's going to be really good. Uh, I th- th- this is assuming the top five goes like it's supposed to. Yeah, you know, the, 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 uh, Ivy at four, Murray at five, and the other three in the top three. Um, so AJ Griffin. At number four on my list is Matherin. I think Respect. you take Matherin at number four. Uh, is is it possible for Canadian to have that dog in him? I do think it's possible. <laughs> I think Andrew Wiggins is proving that. And I think Benedict Matherin is going to be the first Canadian we point to mm-hmm. as a guy who had that dog in him from day one. Yeah. That's my prediction. Or um, maybe he's just a wildcat. You know what I mean? Like may- maybe just like ooh. Andrew Wiggins is a cool cat and he's a wildcat. You know what I mean? So he got the Canadian off of him. He shook Canadian it off. Cats. And then now he's a cat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two Canadian cats just getting it done. My number three scenario for the Pacers, trade down and take uh, all the Buckeyes. Just take every Buckeye. Just trade down and find a way to take Malachi Brandon, Andy J. Liddell, and then sign Brady Manick when Brady Manick goes undrafted. Respect. And and maybe maybe you sprinkle in like a, like Dale and Terry. I would love that. I love oh, the Arizona man. guys. Terry, I think, Terry might be a first-round pick, like sneaky late first-round pick. I think the move of the Pacers is like have two first – find a way to get two first-rounders. I know they got the first pick in the second round, but get uh, – Get like a guy like Branham that you can convince yourself could be a star, and then get the guy who's going to do all the dirty work, like a Dalen Terry, EJ Liddell, like Mark Williams. Type, get get you your know? Draymond. Get your Draymond. Get your Draymond. <laughs> is, he, is EJ Liddell Draymond? Yeah, I think so. That's and I'm then also him. the very first call you make when the draft ends is Brady Manic. You got to find a way to get Brady Manic to Indy. That has I, to happen. I, I have heard good things that Brady Manic has a, uh, a a staunch supporter in the house of the the Atlanta Hawks, and his name is Trey Young, and Trey Young is pushing them to draft whoa, Brady Manic. Yeah. Whoa. That's what I've heard. So uh, let's my number two scenario for the Pacers is trade up and take Jay Nivey. I don't care how it happens, Tate. I think the Pacers <laughs> find themselves at a crossroads where you you, you have an opportunity to um, decide what your franchise is. And I have long wanted this franchise. They, they blew it with Reggie Miller. They blew it. In 1987, they should have mm-hmm. taken Steve Alford, who uh, had a far better – it was a far yeah. better shooter than Reggie Miller. And was a champion. He was a champion. He would have he, he brought the first championship to Indiana. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, Reggie, Reggie no never won a championship. Uh, Offered hit. How many threes was it? Six in the 1987 uh, NCAA championship. Um, the Pacers had an opportunity then and there to put their foot down and say, we will be a Hoosier franchise. They chose wrong. They went the Reggie Miller path. It is, it is tortured the franchise forever. You now have an opportunity again so I don't know. Maybe like maybe you take Blake Wesley later in the first round, or like you find a way to like Blake Wesley's I like Wesley. He counts. Yeah, you know he's from South Bend. Went to went to Notre Dame. That counts. But you, I think you go all in on Jaden Ivey. You find a way to make it happen, Tate. You then you then implement my idea, which is you 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 sell zero courtside seats to anybody, <laughs> uh, any any rich fucks in Indy. They don't they don't get them. Mark no, Cuban comes to town. He has no none, seat. No, the rich people don't get the seats. You reserve the courtside seats in Indiana for all the basketball Hall of Famers. That's awesome. For the final four most outstanding players. Yeah, Gene Gaddy's in yeah. them there. Bob Knight. If if you're in town, you want to come to Pacers game. A John we got Wood a statue in the corner. There's a, John, there's a John Wood statue in the corner. I think if you're a former Indiana Mister Basketball, you can make a call and you can say, "I want courtside seats to the Pacers game tonight." And they're like, "Done." Tom Coverdale, you want to come to the game? Yeah, Done. In. You're sitting courtside. And I think if you're Brad Stevens, we reserve a seat for you as well. Mm-hmm. I think those are the groups. I think and, and you build a nice. franchise around Jay Nivey. You lean all the way in. I think that's the move. 
I think that's what the Pacers should do. And at number one, my scenario, if it's not that, is invent a time machine and go back and read the lottery <laughs> and find a way to get get one of the top three picks. Because, oh, oh my God, Pacers picking sixth is actually horseshit, and I'm so mad about it because they should have. They should have gotten. They should have got a better pick. They should have got number three, three, which could have been like a Chet Holmgren fall to you at three. You know, which would have been amazing for the Pacers, right? You get like a a franchise potential player like that that could actually grow up. And I think if you took Chet to Indiana, he would actually probably turn into a super freak basketball player. Because what else is he going to do? Imagine Chet's dad and Rick Smith's just driving around Indiana together, like making content for YouTube. And Bird, Bird, Bird brings him, you know what I mean? He brings him out and like takes him to lunch. Like probably says four words oh, the entire yeah. lunch. <laughs> Is it good? <laughs> um all right, that, that's my that's my draft update. That's where I'm at with the uh, Pacers. I want I want I want Matherin, but I, I really I really want them to just find a way to take Ivy. I don't know how it works. I don't know how trades work on draft night. I don't know. Every other franchise seems to be able to figure it out. You just like throw a bunch of assets together and put the package together and trade up and make it happen. Um, if you're, if you're a coastal franchise, you find a way to make it work. If you're a mm. middle America franchise, you just get bent over and you have to take it on draft night. Mm-hmm. I would, I would love for that not to be the case. I would love for the Pacers <laughs> to somehow get savvy. I don't even know what their assets look like. Take some expiring contracts, flip them around, take some other first round picks, package those together, move up three spots and take Jay Knight. <laughs> leave no trade unturned let's start yes. flipping assets he just flip walk assets. in the room can we flip some assets or what <laughs> yeah i'm gonna show up on draft night and just bang the table and be like flip uh, the assets boys yeah. let's do it i flip fear them. i fear and i'm really worried that the the asset they're gonna flip is miles turner and they're gonna flip him to the hornets and uh the Hornets need a big that can can get vertical, and Miles Turner is a uh, what the the experts would call a ground athlete, right? I don't like ground athletes. I like air athletes. Um, and so I really <laughs> hope that uh, I really no. hope that they do not flip Miles Turner down the show. Flip him to the flip him to the Hornets. Bring back Gordon. I would and I would like that for Gordon. I'd be happy. If, if the off season, if the big off season move the Pacers make are sign Mike Conley, um, mm. draft Jay Nivey. And trade for Gordon Hayward. Is is Gordon's contract up? Would you have to trade for him or can you just sign him? No, you gotta trade for him. I think he's got two more. Trade years. trade for Gordon, sign uh draft Jay Nivey somehow and sign Mike Conley, and then do my idea of blocking off all the courtside seats for Tom Coverdale and his family. <laughs> <laughs> And the Pacers are back, dude. Turns out Tom Coverdale comes to every game. No one can get a seat. He has all of his cousins there. Everyone's like, dude, I mean, you you want to get courtside, but Coverdale's everywhere. <laughs> it's covered. Uh, let's get out of here. Shoutouts, closeouts. What do you got? Uh, I got a shout-out uh, just, you know, my boy Brian uh, out in Oakland for taking care of me and going to the game with mm-hmm. me, and my boy Pat White for letting me stay in San Francisco and North Beach. So uh, thanks for the hospitality, and shout-out to the Golden State Warriors because, I mean, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great game. And, uh, oh, yeah, one more shout-out. Shout-out to the Final Four and the game that you and I talk about, college basketball, because I went to the NBA Finals. I went to mm-hmm. the Final Four. I was in both buildings. I can speak about mm. this. Boots on the ground. And look, that energy that you felt after Saturday night and the energy that you felt during the game and the basketball that you watched and the stakes of it all and the stage and the pageantry and everything, there's nothing close to it. I, I will say that. And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm exaggerating or I'm, I'm biased or whatever, 
Go back and listen to Charles Barkley after the game on Saturday night. He said it was the greatest sporting event he had ever been to. And this man played on the dream team. And he had been in those games and those buildings with those guys. And he was like, this was different. And I was in both buildings. It was a finals game. But you it were, was emotional. You haven't been to Boston, though. You haven't been to Boston, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Should I go to Boston for game six? Should we go to Boston for game six? We should go to Boston for game six. And then we take it all back. We're like... <laughs> I'm like, I just didn't know. I didn't know that it could be this level of electricity. I but- saw this 64-year-old man with a Kevin McHale jersey throwing up two middle fingers to Draymond Green. And, and then, and only then, did I realize this is actually bigger than college basketball. This yeah. Is, no. it's, just, um, it's just different in Boston. But I will say, it, it, it does, it, there is a difference. And uh, I was worried that it could be, you know, I could come on the show and have reported the opposite, and I would have been a little bit hurt. But it's just different at the Final Four. So shout out to college basketball. You do it again. Look at the ratings. Uh, you know what the people <laughs> Look at want. the ratings, folks. Look at, <laughs> huge huge ratings um speaking of college basketball i want to shout out our dumb sport that we love so much Dave, because mm. uh college basketball is once again going back to a aircraft carrier well the, the, the well that that pr- provided such uh such such delicious water back in the day literally on the court <laughs> the I, condensation I, forming on the court i sincerely um, think that carolina should send a cease and desist this was our idea that that now michigan state who we asked to play with us on the aircraft carrier was they are too- they are now they are now acting as if it is their idea to co-op so cease and desist well mark few is part of this idea Gonzaga, cease michigan and state. Desist. mark few is a carolina <laughs> Mark Few was he turned down the Carolina job, right? So <laughs> yeah. there's some sort of um Gonzaga, Michigan State on an aircraft carrier, November eleventh. Uh the, the I, I a lot of people are losing their mind about this because Ohio State was one of the games that was canceled, by the way. Ohio State Marquette was supposed to happen, I think, in Charleston. Mm. Um that was one of the aircraft carrier games that had the condensation on the floor and they were wiping it up and uh guys are slipping around all over the place during warm-ups and they just had to cancel the game. Um one big difference. The, the games that have happened in San Diego have seemed to have worked just fine. The games that are happening in the south, uh, on, off, the, off the, the coast of Florida and South Carolina, not as good. Uh, the humidity seems to be a little bit different, Tate. I don't know if you've heard in the south than it is in, in the fall in Southern California. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I do think this one's going to work. Um, but this is very obviously a Top Gun move, is it not? This is a, yeah. like, like Tom Cruise did this. Tom Cruise is the one who pulled the strings on this. Uh, that, that's all I could think about when I saw that the news that this, that they were trying to make this happen. I was like, this is this is a Top Gun overreaction. Like somebody, <clears throat> Mark Few or Tom Izzo or both, watched Top Gun and was like, we gotta we gotta get it on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> wild. It's pretty wild that Tom Cruise is saving the infrastructure of America vis-a-vis the the military uh, industrial complex and the movie you know what i mean he's literally yeah. like the two things that are always at odds it's like you know the military versus hollywood like the fact that tom cruise has decided to save them both like this is probably the greatest merger we've ever seen in pop culture history that tom cruise is like i will carry both of these things on my back and everyone's like honestly he's doing it i don't i don't know how he's doing it but he's somehow doing it he's bringing life back everywhere so when the thank two you, tom the two strongest <laughs> propaganda forces this country has which is the united states military and hollywood bullshit (laughs) come together they they come together for tom cruise he's the only man that can pull the two together 
And shout out to him. <laughs> uh, speaking of insane basketball ideas, uh, Wisconsin Stanford is is taking place on the same day, November 11th. They will be playing uh, on Veterans Day in the Milwaukee Brewers Park, which used to be called Miller Park. Who the hell knows what it's called now? Um, Let's just always call it Miller Park because there are there are sponsors. Uh, I uh, I don't love it. Don't love it. Um, I uh, I the aircraft carrier game I don't hate quite as much because at least there's like a military tie-in. I don't understand what what this one is. Wisconsin yeah. Stanford at a baseball stadium. I don't get it. I don't like it. Not for me. Um, I th- this this is becoming an American thing though. Tate is taking a sporting event, finding like the worst venue for it. It's like also dumping another, it in there, and then like dumping them together like playing football games in yankee stadium i was gonna say the pinstripe bowl is the best example of like no (laughs) one needed this it's kind of like kfc taco bell you know you're like i guess but did we just build you know you know new york fc nyc fc uh acdc whatever (laughs) how many whatever their franchise is called their their field they play in Yankee Stadium. Their field is smaller. Like they had to make the field smaller to fit in the outfield of Yankee Stadium. Like it's not like when you're taking corner kicks and you're playing it. You have like a short corner. You have like it's an a shorter extra... corner. Oh my yeah. god! And it's just all part of doing business, baby. Welcome to MLS, and you just wipe your hands and you say that that's that's American soccer, baby. That's yeah, I saw the MLS here. was like, you know what we should do since no one watches, let's put it on Apple Plus, and then like yeah. uh, <laughs> let's see what happens there. It's like, okay. <laughs> Man, for yeah, let's... Katie Nolan on the call for those. Games. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm like, why don't you keep it on ESPN? It was on ABC this weekend. I actually watched some of it when I got to Oakland on Sunday. I was like, who is this team? SKC. And then I'm like, Sporting Kansas City. What a stupid name. But, I mean, but I, yeah, I watched. Dude, to be fair, the 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 Chinese streams for MLS are through the roof. That, so that is true. We should point out the streams. The streams are unbelievable. Um, but, <laughs> We've never uh, seen streams like this. <laughs> I, I I I'm excited for the uh the the first like there's gonna be a college football game at Augusta National that's gonna happen yeah like Georgia versus Facts. South Carolina 100 percent on the on the no I, I think it's Amen baseball corner. I think it's baseball because it's got to be tr- it's like <laughs> the Atlanta Braves are playing the New York Yankees yeah, at Augusta National on the twelfth hole <laughs> they've turned they've turned Amen Corner into a baseball field <laughs> if you build it they will come. Uh, Fox Sports ones. See you this Sunday. If, if you're the one person that's like, I don't know, this team's kind of stupid. You're like, dude, shut up. So this, you don't get it, awesome. dude. You yeah, don't you get don't... it. This is two great institutions <laughs> coming together. Uh, speaking of two great institutions coming together, um, Coach K has a grandson oh, by the name of Michael Savarino. He is yes. now going to New York University, aka NYU. Shout out to him for that. Uh, Jacob Grandison is transferring to Duke Tate to to, to fill his spot. So Duke has. Lost a grandson, but they have a backfilled it with a grandson. <laughs> so there's that going on in Durham. But uh, Michael Savarino taking the Brad Keller Perry route of stepping outside the family to go get minutes elsewhere. Uh, mm. He will be playing at NYU. So I guess you and I have to cover NYU. Next I was going to say first question: uh, NYU has an athletic department, right? Yep. Like, I mean, I had no <laughs> yeah. idea that they. Had, I literally had zero clue. I did not know that they had a team. It's financed by uh, Hollywood. The, uh, I'm guessing Hollywood. Because yeah. when I when I saw the news, I was like, "Wow, Savarino's going to go Hollywood on us." You know what I mean? He's going to go to NYU. He's going to write a screenplay, and he'll be out here in a few years. So, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy that he got another opportunity. I still think it's you know insane that he had a scholarship at Duke. I mean, 
they keep saying it's, that Duke had no scholarship transfers, but Joey Baker and Michael Saverino, from, from what <laughs> I can tell, they both were on scholarship and they both transferred. Um, and the, the best part yeah. about being in Manhattan, Tate, he doesn't have to worry about uh, finding a designated driver now. You can just subway. take the subway. Subway. Yeah. Or take a two-hour Uber to go five blocks. You know? Drive fresh, yeah. Yeah. No, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to worry about where he's going to park his car and deal with all that. Uh, <laughs> anything else before we get out of here? That's all I got, man. I, I'm I, just ha- I'm happy to talk to you and decompress about what I witnessed last night. It, it was I was scared it was going to be really bad if the Celtics won and I was going to come back and I was going to be in bad spirits, but I left on a high. Um, well, we still have time for that. Yeah, I know it's still going to come. The Celtics. To, uh... I will say I'm going to Game Seven if there is a Game Seven. Oh wow! I'm going to Game Seven. Wow. Cause I, all right. Because I, I, if there's a game seven, then we have to all hands on deck. You know what I mean? This is like, I went there. Every time I've been to a Warriors game, they've won. And if game seven, if they need me there, I will be there. Hopefully, have I'll, I'll have to do the math on, I'll have to figure out. Should we um, both go? I yeah, don't know. I, maybe, I might go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to the game, but I might. You could talk me into being in San Francisco for game seven because, uh, I got, I got to figure out my connections through both franchises that if there's even a 10% chance I could be at the after party yeah, for whatever team wins, mm. I got to figure that out. Yeah. Well, Evan, Evan Turner, dude, that's my, that's my end. <laughs> hit up Evan. <laughs> hit up, hit up Brad Stevens. Do you have, Brad, Brad. Do you have Brad's Brad. like old AOL email, like send him an email that he probably still uses and be like, <laughs> yeah. Hey coach, just catch it up. Looking for some, from advice out here, working in the media <laughs> yeah. these days. I sent him from my uh, my AOL address that I had in second grade, Mister Hoops or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Send it from AOL, like send it from AIM. Go to Instant Messenger, yeah. <laughs> Coach Stevens. Um, shout out to uh, the Colorado Avalanche who are going to start their 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 quest to win the Stanley Cup tonight. Uh, they're going to nice. win in six. That's going to happen. Shout out to John Fanto who uh, was already working with us at Fox Tape, but he somehow there's an announcement today from John Fanta that he's more. In bed at Fox, so I'm excited for that. We got to get him on the show. We that's, have that's, to. I, we, have, we have to. Maybe that that's out. the announcement. And Remember then, when Andy Katz like put in his contract that he had to come on our show like once yeah. a month, but it, then it didn't really happen. But it's in his contract. No, we're, maybe we're, we do that for Fanta. We get in his contract as well. All of these guys uh, that work for Fox, they have it in their contract that they're on our show to the point that like it's not even in our contract that we're on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, we look up and like Fanta and Katz are doing our show. And we're like, how'd that happen? And our bosses just shrugged their shoulders. They're like, it's in their contract. Welcome That's back to Titus and Tate. I'm John Fanta. He's Andy Katz. Yeah. <laughs> Let's break down the biggest <laughs> Wait, stories in the Big East. <laughs> what just happened? How did this happen? Um and then the last shout out I wanted to give was the uh, Notre Dame baseball team. Um, I, I got, I got, uh, so Tyler who filled in for Jim last show we did, yeah. uh, our guy, Tyler was, was producing our show. He's, he's a Notre Dame alone. We were doing the discussion about college baseball jerseys. Uh, so then I was watching Notre Dame playing Tennessee and you, you talk about a collection of douchebags, Tate, this Tennessee baseball team was off the charts to the yeah. point that it, it, it actually won me over. I have never <laughs> in my life seen dudes that are like, so obviously doing, steroids yeah. and cocaine yeah and also like no you, just like you throw awareness out when you talk about the volunteers oh you know what my i mean because like you got to think about their names like when you think about what a volunteer is it's like i'm down you know what i mean and you list all those things like <laughs> Dude, i volunteer these, as tribute <laughs> the biggest group of douchebags i've ever seen in my life ever in any sport and, and i can i it was it was incomprehensible how big a douchebags these guys were yeah. and notre dame beat them I, I i actually was like weirdly almost cheering for tennessee because i was like i want to see this in omaha 
Like this would be this would be fun yeah, theater to see Noah. Yeah. Um, but then Notre Dame beat him, so that was cool. So congrats to them. Uh that's it. That's the only shout outs I have. Um, best of luck to both teams. I just hope for it's a good game. I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope both teams try their best on Thursday. Um, but we will be back Thursday night, right? Yeah, I was gonna say Thursday we should night? record Thursday night after game six, right? That that's the yeah. uh, that all right, perfect. Perfect. We're gonna Lock do a show in. Thursday night and uh maybe the Warriors will be champions, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But uh we'll do a show either way. See you guys next time.